Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. I was uh, reading a story about a man who, uh, every time he got paid, he would take $20 out of his paycheck and put it under his mattress. And uh, he's just trying to put it aside. I don't know whether he didn't trust the banks or what, uh, you know, what his level of trust was, but he put it under his mattress. Well, uh, he got older and it was, a, it was time to, to leave this earth. And uh, right before he died, he spoke to his wife and he made a promise. He said, promise me that when I die, you take all the money that's under my mattress and put it in my casket so I can take it with me. That's what he, that's what he wanted to do. So he made her promise, you know, and she's his wife. So she said, okay, I promise. So finally he died. He passed away. And uh, she was true to her word. She took all the money from under his mattress. She took it down to the bank, deposited it, and she wrote him a check and put that check right in there so that he could take it with him. <laughs> Keeping a promise. She kept a promise. She kept a promise. <laughs> I came across, I was reading another book um, read some stories from this guy Booker T. Washington and uh, he wrote this book he wrote these stories about slavery and he he was talking about he came across this man who was a slave this was about uh, two or three years before the Emancipation Proclamation some of you older like me you might not remember in school uh, you know all of that but those of you who are in school uh, probably studying that the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation a couple years before that took place um, he, this, this slave made a, uh, a covenant with his master. And uh, his master made a covenant with him and said, hey, you can buy yourself back. Okay? And so he said, all right, well, that sounds good. So as he, he was able to work and he was able to make money and he was able to, uh, over some time, uh, put money toward buying himself back out of slavery. Okay? He found that there was more work up in Ohio, so his master let him go. He said, look, as long as you pay me to buy yourself back, uh, you can go wherever you want to in the country to work. So he did. Went up to Ohio and worked. Well, meantime, uh, notwithstanding, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. And uh, so this means that he was now free. He knew it, his master knew it, that uh, he had no obligation any longer because he's no longer a slave. He's no longer a slave, so he didn't have to finish paying off anything. But as Booker T. Washington was interviewing this man, he was talking to him about it, the man said, you know, I just didn't feel like I would be able to enjoy my freedom if I didn't keep my promise because I made him a promise. So he sought out his master and paid him off. Now, I don't know about you, but in that situation, I don't know that I would have paid him off. I mean, think about putting yourself in the situation of being a slave to someone, and though they were nice and allowed you to buy yourself back, come on, the irony of that, buying yourself back. I just don't know after that proclamation was signed that I would seek him out to pay him off. I would say, I'm free. Grant me free. I'm done. And it, the, I'm sure that this man 
had some animosity. I'm sure that he had all of those things that one might find themselves feeling in that situation. But because he made a promise, that overrode everything that he was feeling because he made a vow. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about the promise of the blessing. The promise of the blessing of God. You know, we're, we've been talking about being blessed to be a blessing and we're feeling the Spirit of God breathing in us and taking us to a new level, a new wind of expectation is coming. You know, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In one version, he said, but I give you real life. I give you real life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. That's a promise of God. And I want to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I expect that life. I expect good and very good things to come my way. Why? Because I'm so good? No. But because the great promise keeper promised that promise to me. What about you this morning? Do you have an expectation? You know, the promises of God are for you. They're real promises from a true and living God. We have to believe. We have to have faith. We have to lift our eyes. We have to understand that the blessings that come upon a generous giver are many and amazing. What about you? Do you have any expectation? Let me tell you this morning that you have expectations. Everyone has expectations. The question is, what are your expectations? I mean, do you expect good from God no matter the circumstances? Or are you a person that just expects things to go wrong? You ever been there? I'll be honest with you, I've been there. I've been there. There are days when I've gotten up and I said, yeah, this is, this is not going to work. Things are just going to go wrong. I've been here before, been down this road. <laughs> is it just, and nothing even happened yet. I just got up. This ain't going to work. I don't know what's going on, but something's not right. <laughs> we all have expectations. But when you serve the promise maker and the promise keeper, your expectations shift from what the normal thing is, from what your experiences have been, to what his word says to you. Your expectations shift. We're talking this morning about being blessed to be a blessing. We've defined the person who is blessed as a person who was able to say that I am chosen that I am favored and deeply loved by God, a God who seeks ways to bless me. God doesn't bless me the same way every time. He finds different ways to bless me. Why? So that I would be able to bless others. And you're, when you understand that, you're able to say, I'll freely take all that I am given and use it to bless others because God's blessings are unlimited. We're able to walk in the blessing, you know, when God told Abraham back in Genesis 12, chapter 2, he said, I will make you a blessing. He said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. Why? So that you will be able to show others and you will be able to exemplify the divine blessing. That's the purpose. When you understand the purpose, you don't have a problem with saying, Lord, bless me. You don't have a problem with expectation because God keeps his promise. He keeps his promises. The promises of blessing upon my life and your life, they're real, they're wonderful. And today, today, this Sunday morning, 
This Sunday morning, I lift my faith to a higher expectation level. And I grab hold of the blessings and the promises that God has already promised me. I'm going to turn my head away from my experiences and my disappointments and my offenses and my broken promises from man. I'm going to turn my head toward God who is a promise maker and a promise keeper. He is the great promise keeper. And the promises, the promises are a ground for hope and expectation. The promises that God gives to us are a catalyst, come on, for expectation. What do you expect this morning? What do you expect? If you have your Bible, turn over to Joshua chapter 23. And as I get there, let me just throw out a couple of scriptures to you. 1 Kings 8.56, as you're flipping over to Joshua 23, says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. Watch this. It says, There has not failed one word of all of his good promise which he promised through his Moses servant. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 1.20. He said, For all the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Another version says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Amen, amen means so be it. See, that's what Paul is talking about in that scripture is, look at it this way, God is saying yes, now your response is what? So be it, amen. By the way, I want to tell you, you want to be careful what you say amen to sometimes. Sometimes we just say that as a flippant answer. Someone says something, you say, amen, brother. You're, you're condoning what was just said. So be it. So be it. God, you promised me something, and I'm saying yes. It's a two-way relationship. Yes and amen. God's the promise maker. What's a promise maker? A promise maker is one who pledges to another to do something or to not do something. I'm making a pledge. He verbally said, we don't have to guess what God's promises are to us. I know what the thief does, but I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. We don't have to guess that God wants us to live an abundant life. I will make you kings and priests. I will make you the head and not the tail. I will put you above and never again beneath. I come to save the lost. We don't have to guess what his promises. I don't come to condemn you. All part of his promise. So if you ever feel condemned, it's not of God. Well, how do I know that? Maybe sometimes he condemns me. No. No, that's not what his word says. I didn't come to condemn you. Now, if you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, that's something different. But you're convicted unto life. He makes promises to us. A promise maker states a declaration that gives a person, watch this now, that gives a person to whom it is made a right to expect or to claim, you can say it out loud, don't be afraid to claim the outworking of the thing that is promised. God, you promised that thing to me. God promised that to me. Joshua 23, just look at one verse with me, verse 14. This is Joshua's final address. He's about to make his transition to go be with the Lord. And he says this to the people. He says, behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls 
that not one thing, this is at the end of his life, watch now, the end of his life, he's lived his whole life, he's seen ups, he's seen downs, he's had battles that they've lost, he's had battles that they've won, good times and bad, he's seen it all, this is the end, this is the end, and he says, and you know that in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass. All have come to pass. In case you're not getting that, I want to get it to you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. God is the God of the universe. And here's where we make a mistake sometimes with God. We know that we are bound by laws. We're bound by the laws of God. We're bound by the laws of man. We're bound by the law of gravity. You know that. We're bound by certain laws. But God is the great law maker. We think sometimes that God is bound by laws that he makes. But we have to understand that it's not God that's bound by the laws he makes. The laws are subject to God. The laws are subject to God. And so God is the, is the ruler of all of the universe. Guess what? There is nothing that will stop him from keeping his promise. Nothing can stop him. Not a law can stop God from keeping his promise. There's only one person in this universe, in this universe, that can stop God from blessing you. Guess who that is? Is you. You are the only one. And sometimes you can't stop it. Sometimes God just blesses you anyway. You speak the wrong thing, he still bless you. I've had that happen in my life. And it's convicting. It's convicting. When you speak the wrong thing and God blesses you anyway, it's convicting. It's convicting. Omnipotence is God's. And he can never, on any ground of incapacity, back down from a promise. He just doesn't do it. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. You know it. Nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and what will he not do that he has said? Come on. What will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Joshua came to the end of his life and he said, look, I, I've seen everything. God's had every opportunity to fail in my long life. And not one time has he ever ever failed me. All that he said and all that he has promised me have come to pass. I'll ask you again, what is your expectation? What are you expecting? What are you expecting? We need to understand that there are exceeding great and precious promises that God gives to us. The promise, what is it? It's a pledge. It's a word of honor. It's a vow. It's an oath. It's a warranty. It's a guarantee. It's a covenant that God makes with us. And it is the ground of hope, expectation, assurance, and eventual success. Oh, it's bound to be successful when God says it. It's bound to be successful. Psalm 24, 5 says, He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Over in Proverbs, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he puts no sorrow to it do you understand the modus operandi of God it's almost too good to be real God blesses us and puts no sorrow with it 
Any sorrow comes with your blessing. It's on you and me. We did that thing. Maybe we didn't understand it. Maybe we didn't interpret it right. Maybe we didn't seek God. Maybe, maybe the word this morning is actually true. Maybe we're not hearing from God because we're not seeking him earnestly. God said, seek my, seek, seek my face while I may be found. Seek me and I will speak to you. Psalm 91, 14 says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. God's speaking to you. This is a promise because he has known my name. How many have known God's name? He shall call upon me, God is saying, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. It's one thing for someone else to say that they'll honor you. But when God says, I'll honor you, that's a promise. I mean, if I want anyone to honor me, it's God. Come on. Psalm 103, 3 says, who forgives all of your iniquities? Heals all of your... This is in the scripture. I'm not making it up. We're talking about promises of God this morning. Proverbs 3, 2, for the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible, impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. You know what that means? That means that God can't lie. When he tells you something, when he promises you something, you can absolutely take it to the bank. God is true. He is true. So here's what I want to tell you this morning. Here's what I'm encouraging you to do. You need to lift your expectations. Some of us just don't have an expectation. Some of us, we just don't have an expectation. Been there. Done that. We just, I mean, we come to church. Maybe we read our Bible. We, we praise. We worship a little bit. But no expectation. Maybe you, 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 you've walked with the Lord for such a long time, you're just used to it. You get familiar. Familiarity breeds contempt, even in our relationship with the Lord sometimes. I hate to tell you that, but it's true. We just, we just get so familiar. I know, I know how to do church. I know how to come. I know how to say God bless you. I know how to come to the fellowship. I know uh, all the right Christianese words to say. I know, you know, how to read my scripture and do a little devotion. I know all of those things. But God wants relationship with you. Above all of those other things, he wants relationship with you. And he wants you to expect with a bold expectation. A bold expectation is acting on the promise that God will abundantly provide by making room for supernatural blessings in my life. Some of us need to make room for supernatural blessings. Some of us, some of us need to make room. We want to do everything. I want to do everything. I want to do everything, Lord. God made me a promise. Okay, let me see how I can make this happen. I'm going to call so-and-so up. I'm going to go down to the bank and I'm going to, stop all that. Make room for the supernatural. God doesn't need your help unless he tells you to do something. Why are you doing it? Why? Because we feel like we need to help God. Is there some trust issues? Are there trust issues with the Lord? What's your expectation? Romans 15, 13, I'll read it from the message version. It says this, don't get all upset because I'm reading from the message version. 
You can read it from the New King James. That's my version, New King James. But it says, oh, may the God of, of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace so that your believing lives, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, and you will brim over with hope. This is God's desire for you, that you will, you will overflow, overflow with an expectation, bold expectation. Let me just throw real quick seven expectations at you that you ought to have in your life. First of all, and most obviously, we need to expect the blessing of God. Expect it. Don't just hope for it as in human hope. Maybe God might uh, bless me if I'm real good and if I read my Bible every day for six months and then if I pray and if I do something nice for someone else uh, three times a week, uh, you know, through the rest of this winter, uh, you know, then if I go to church every day and I only miss one Sunday this year, then maybe God might bless me. You are so far off track. Come on. So far off track. We need to expect the blessing of life, of God. It's a blessed life to receive a gift, to, to uh, something specific. God, pour it on me. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. He has blessed us with every, you, you, you know, God, it's interesting with God. He uses these words and he gives them to the Holy Spirit, the Father does, and he puts them in the, the hands of the writers who give them to us. These words like all. And every, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Who's going to take that away? Who's going to take it away? People can't even get to it. It's in heavenly places. How are you going to get my blessing? You can't even get to my blessing. It's in a heavenly place. You can try. How high can you jump? What can you build? Huh? I mean, I don't care. You can speak in tongues. You still can't get to my blessing. God's put it in heavenly places in Christ. Got to be in Christ. Got to be in, expect the blessing of God. Second thing is expect to be honored. I'm, I'm going to say this, an honored life. God will honor your life. Expect it. You love God, sell out to God through Christ. Remember, we've built up to something here. Because remember, the very first week we talked about being positioned. We talked about being positioned to receive the blessings. And what does that mean? How does it, I have to know, that means that through Christ, I've accepted Jesus in my life. He is the king. He is the Lord over my life. I love him above everything else. He is above everyone else. Now I am positioned through Christ to the Father. Now I can expect to be honored. I can expect to be lifted up. I can expect to be promoted. Some of you need to expect to be promoted. It's not arrogance. See, it's not, it's not when you're outside of God, that's arrogance. That's presumption. But when you're in God and he makes you a promise, he knows what you're going to do. You're going to glorify him. You're going to bless others with the promotion that he gives you. Somebody needs to expect to be promoted. You need to expect it. I remember working for AT&T. And uh, I, I got my job at AT&T, and I was just happy to have the job because I worked a job that wasn't making very much money, and my wife and I, we had, we had a baby, and, uh, you know, we just weren't making much money. I don't know uh, how she was 
making dinner, but it was, it was great. I, but I don't know where it came from, even to this day. And uh, we just weren't making much money at all. And then she quit her job to come home uh, so that, to raise kids. And uh, so we just had my little meager salary. So when I got the job at AT&T as a communications technician, I was the happiest man. My salary, yearly salary doubled. It doubled. And uh, so we were just happy. We were, I was just happy that, you know, we, I got a job. I did that job for about six months, and the man came to me and said, you ever thought about being a manager? I said, man, I'm just thinking about coming to work and getting a paycheck. I, 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 no, I haven't thought about being a manager, but I didn't say that. That was in my mind. I said, well, I, what do you mean? What do you mean, boss? You tell me. Well, we need, we need some managers because we had some managers move on, and... Um, we, we, need, we need some people like you, and I've been watching you, and you're, uh, he said, listen, I, I was thinking, I don't know anything about being a manager, especially at AT&T. I'm just learning what we do, you know, much less. I was in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a section called translations, and it wasn't where you, you know, if you speak Spanish, you, you know, it wasn't that. It was, it was translating a bunch of code in switches. Uh, and so anyway, I'm just learning this stuff. And he comes and said, you want to be a manager? He said, I'll, I'll groom you. He said, I'll show you how to interview to get it. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, who am I interviewing with? You know, I thought I'm interviewing with you. He said, I, I'll show you how to interview. I'll tell you all the right answers to say. I'll groom you. And so this man did all this. And next thing I know, I was a manager over the people that I was serving with. So then I thought, this is going to be a problem because I'm with everyone here. And now all of a sudden, I'm a manager over them. They were clapping and cheering. Yay, great. Good for you, Michael. What is going on here? And then I had that job for about two years. And then uh, they came, uh, an edict came down. And this actually was when it was, the company was still called Ameritech. Then it was SBC. Now AT&T was buying the whole thing and uh, putting it back like it used to be years ago. Y'all don't remember that. Some of the older people do, but y'all young people don't remember. It used to be AT&T, and then it was all broken up, and then they were putting it back together. And so what happened was they said, well, we're moving your whole department to Detroit. I said, ha, huh, that's funny. I'm not moving to Detroit. I mean, I don't like the Lions or the Pistons, and... Uh, I don't know anything about car. I'm not moving to Detroit. You know, I'm, it's not going to happen. So I, I'm thinking, all right, Lord, well, I, you know, what's going to happen now? Am I just going to lose my job? A lady calls me up from the engineering department. I don't know nothing about engineering. I, I, I mean, I like to draw, but <laughs> nobody will buy it. <laughs> she called me up and said, hey, we got some openings over here in engineering. And uh, would you like to come over and interview? I was thinking, I, I don't know how that's going to, that's, that's not going to work. I don't know how this is going to happen. So I said, sure, I would love to come over and interview. So I went over to the interview in engineering, and it was a pay raise. And uh, dare I say this, please don't be offended by this. Please don't be offended. But it, this, it, this, this section of AT&T has always, always, always just had old white men in it. That's, I mean, no women, no, no nothing. It's just been, and that's just how it's been. I mean, I I don't think it was, you know, anything mean. It was just, it was always that way. This, this is the way it was. So now I'm trying to break into that. And I'm like, well, I don't have a chance, you know. And people don't leave. It's such a good job. People don't leave. I mean, people have been there for 30 years. And one guy said, I'm going to be here for another 10 years. I said, that mean you're going to die in engineering? And uh, so I went over there. And as soon as I came into the interview, she, she started talking to me as if I already had the job. 
You know, I'm, I'm expecting, well, I don't know uh, what, uh, um, you know, answers I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out what, she, what I'm going to say. And she just says, well, you know, this is what we do in engineering. This is where you'll be sitting. This is your desk. And, you know, I'm like, well, cool. This is my, this is my desk right here. With all these, this, this is my stuff about these pencils. Is that mine? Yeah. Yeah. So my point is, I, you know, all through that whole thing, God just placed me in different positions. And by the way, let me just say one last thing about that is when I got there, I, did, I really kind of didn't understand why God had placed me there other than just God wanted to bless me and my family, and he did. Do you know that a year into that place, I never told anybody, uh, you know, much about my background. I didn't, even, I didn't tell people even I was a Christian. They, I, some, they just knew. Not because of me. I wasn't doing anything special. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that. I, it, I probably, it was just God. It was just God. Well, let me just skip to the end. Uh, it, a year and a half into that job, I was holding a Bible study that 65 people were coming to out of the engineer. The first time uh, someone came to me and said, you know, we've been thinking about doing a Bible study. We just don't have people to teach it. I said, well, I, shoot, that's up my alley. I'd be happy to do I've got to lead it, you know. I mean, I don't know everything, but I'd be happy to lead it and put it together. So I went out, drove, I was out driving my car around, the AT&T car doing my work, and they, we said, we're going to have it today at noon over lunch. So I got back about 10 minutes to 12, walked into the conference room. I mean, there were 60 people in this conference room waiting for Bible study and I said oh Lord okay I, I, I see what I see what you're trying to do I see what you're trying you never know God blesses us we need to expect it he's growing his kingdom he's growing his kingdom the next thing goes right along with it you need to expect the favor of God expect a favored life Proverbs 8.35 says, whoever finds me, God is saying, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Come on. Find favor. Listen, here's another one. Expect to live generously. Expect that. Expect to live generously. Expect God to give seed to the sower. Expect him to bless you that you will be a blessing to others. And here's one. Expect to live generously. But, well, God, how are you going to do this? That's what I was saying. I, you know, we don't really have much money. How are, we, how are we going to bless others? Expect to receive from all resources and all avenues. And, and, you, and you know, when you expect that, what you're really doing is just kind of throwing all of your uh, preconceived notions out of the window. I mean, I know we got these things that we say about checks in the mail and all that. Throw all that out the window. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God is going to do and how he is going to bless you. But just expect the blessing, even though you don't know how it's coming. Just position yourself. Come on. All resources and all avenues. Just two more. Expect to see a breakthrough into blessings and the blessing storehouse. Expect to see a breakthrough into that storehouse. God, I know, now you're to the point where I know you have blessings for me. I know that the, your blessing is on my life. Now, I, I just don't know how I will break through. Expect to break through into the storehouse. Expect what he told us in Malachi. If you would tithe, we would tithe, I will open the windows of heaven. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Breakthrough. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive. And finally, listen, expect victory in warfare. I want to tell somebody that this morning. Somebody, you've been warring. 
You've been warring in your life. I don't know whether it's a relationship. I don't know whether it's a boss on your job. I don't know what's been happening, but you've been warring. Expect, expect. See, the difference in the victory has been your expectation. I don't know who that's for this morning. But the difference in your victory has been your expectation. God is telling you right now, if you expect, if you expect the victory, you'll have it. Just expect it. Just expect it. Amen.